am George Knapp listening to that UFO podcast and having one hell of a good time. So I've got a few listener questions to get through and I'm trying to just kind of live edit Steve given given what you yeah. covered you you answered a lot of my questions Whatever and time. some yeah. some of the listener ones as well um so question from uh, someone who wanted to stay anonymous on the patreon site so thanks for your question um, they ask what does stephen bassett think about the following contradiction it said that disclosure would be a force for global unity mm-hmm. however global powers that allegedly know the truth are still locked in conflict and if david grush is to be believed are in a back engineering arms race for military technical supremacy do you think at that point there is more of a unity and openness between those those warring nations or those nations at loggerheads or do you think that that arms race just takes a different spin like you mentioned private contractors suddenly filing patents left right and center going to the highest bidder does that all change in its nature yeah it's a very good question uh one of the things i i I talk about is and it's it's speculation and fun but ultimately you can't change anything there was a novel written by b dick um called the man in a high castle it was made into an incredible series on television and uh, The Man in the High Castle is a novel about what it would have been like if the Japanese and the Germans had won World War II. And so it is projects into the future. And now we're in a future where they won, not the West and not the UK in Russia, whatever. And it's fascinating and very difficult. But he was a genius. Dick was a genius. And so it's an amazing book. One Somebody one day, it won't be me because I just got the attention span, may write a book that is along those lines in which the way the 20th century went is that um, Harry Truman, the President Truman, upon learning about the Roswell wreckage, instead of taking the this, making the decision he made, he, he contacts Ramey and says, look, sit on this for a while. Take, let's take, I need a couple of weeks to, to consider this. Don't do anything. Don't hold another press conference. Don't try to, to, to d- deny it. Just simply sit for a couple of weeks. And then Truman, after discussing this over with his administration and so forth actually makes the decision. Look, these things can come and go. They can do what they want. The Foo Fighters were pretty much known to the American government. And, and, and if he asked the right questions, he might've been convinced that, look, we, these things can fly anywhere they want. There's nothing we can do about it. It's probably best to acknowledge it. Let's get this out. Let's people know so that there's not going to be a lot of mystery. There's not going to be a lot of confusion. And he, and the announcement, the confirmation comes from Truman and say, I don't know, late 1947. What would the 20th century have been like? Right? Because the rest of the 20th century was not good. I mean, I, it, was it worse than the first half of the, with World War I and World War II? It was worse. I mean, World War I and World War II are pretty awful. But what happened in the second half of the 20th century is we built 80,000 nuclear weapons, spent untold trillions of dollars on nuclear weapons technology, expanded bases all over the world. All of this money was not available to to, to feed, clothes, and house the, the human race, which, by the way, went from about one 1.8 billion to 8 billion people in that period. It was a disaster. And, of course, we had proxy wars and millions and millions of people were killed. We had genocide. We had the whole nine yards. So what we do know is that a lot of governments knew there were ET presence, but it was embargoed. So from the standpoint of the media and the standpoint of the world's people, 
there was no no there there. And so basically they could just continue to behave in, in the usual fashion. It, it, if it, 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 I'm sure it affected some of their thinking. Uh, I'm sure it affected uh, Russia's thinking and China's thinking. But the, the ultimate result was they continued to act as they always have. In other words, have a world war and then start preparing for the next world war. And then after that is over, start preparing for the next world war. And the only way we didn't have World War III is because it would have been nuclear. And so we came up with this concept of mutual assured destruction, which basically made the case, no, you can't have a nuclear war. But under the umbrella of mutual assured destruction, you can have lots of proxy wars on other people's countries and kill millions of them. Whatever. Yeah. So what happens, though, when disclosure takes place? Well, what happens then is every person on the planet learns we're not alone. It's official. It's formal. All the journalisms, journalists learn we're not alone. All the activist uh, groups learn we're not alone. And so what it means is this. If you want to continue to behave as a nation, as a head of state, the way nations and heads of state have, have, have behaved for the last 10,000 years and continue to dance on the edge of the volcano with the entire civilization at risk, right? You can do that. But we know, but now that we know the reality of this, uh, we're going to strongly suggest you don't. In other words, Two things will happen post-disclosure. Post we will see a worldview change of a magnitude and scope that's never happened before. I mean, there have been worldview changes in the past, I assure you. But across 8 billion people, uh, as fast as this is going to happen, nothing comes close to this. So we're going to have this worldview change. And that change will occur not only in the public, the people. It will also be a worldview change affecting all of the leaders and the civil servants and journalists and so forth. Everybody is going to be affected. And so to some degree, this worldview change may alter the way leaders of nations behave, okay, hopefully for the better, but it also alter, alters the worldview of, the, of all of the citizens of that nation that are being led by that world leader, making it much more likely that they are going to voice their displeasure should that world leader take the view, I don't care if there's extraterrestrials here or not. I don't care if the fact that we're not alone. I don't care of all the possibilities that now before us. I like war. I like genocide. And I will invade and do what I want. I will put people in jail. I will execute them. I will just be a dictator like they've all been. I'll be Genghis Khan if I want to be. And the public may say, no, no, we're not going to put up with that anymore. And they're going to get rid of them by one means or another, until enough world leaders know we can't play the game that way anymore. And if I want to go that direction, I'm probably going to get assassinated or removed from office or whatever. And so let's let's play different. Let's go a different way. Is that ridiculously optimistic? Maybe. But to be fair to my optimism, we have never gone through something like this. The, pre the world has never seen anything like this. Nothing comes close. And so I hold up the possibility that that's actually realistic, not optimistic. But again, I'll say this. If we do not get disclosure, we're going to have a nuclear war very soon. There's plenty of evidence for that. Don't need to belabor it. 
if we have this, it doesn't mean we couldn't have a nuclear war. I think it just means the prospects get better of not having one. All right. But no guarantee. And there's one one more thing about that that I think is 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 I think is true, but much more difficult for me to support other than through just my perspective based upon years of looking at this. I believe that disclosure is a necessary thing that has to happen before open contact. Now, by open contact, I'm not referring to private deals made by governments with ETs in secret, which may or may not have happened. I'm talking about open contact communication between ETs and governments or or authorities of some type or another that is known to us and we are informed of. So the ETs are talking to the United Nations. The ETs are talking to the White House. There's communication going on and we are being informed of that. Does, they don't have to be sitting in front of a camera uh, uh, or, or, or being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos. C- communication is enough. And so, and, and I think disclosure has to happen before that. So if in fact disclosure does lead to open contact, now the ETs at that point have now inter- injected themselves in an open way into our current situation, which opens the the possibility of is there, will they have the ability to influence our leaders of nations and our our war machines and so forth? Do they have the the influence their thinking and improve uh, even further the ability of us to not have that nuclear war we want so badly? Uh, And I've talked about that. And as I've said many times, I believe that the number one item on the agenda, if the ETs ETs, uh, call for a Zoom call, right? So you got a Zoom call with 200 heads of state, Uh, the the, uh, Secretary General of the United Nations and some ETs, and they're on Zoom call. The number one item on that call, it'll come up first, is what are you guys going to do about your nukes? You got a problem with nukes, and so do we. And here's our problem. And what are you going to do about it? Again, fantasy, maybe. Of all the items that they might want to bring up, I don't think they're going to be talking about, I don't know. What did you think about Barbie? I mean, I, we liked it, but did you like it? Oppenheimer was much better. I mean, they're not. No, I'm saying the nukes is number one. And there's a lot of reason to think that. So uh, that's that's my, my answer to that question. Uh, best answer I can give you. No, I, I like that and I enjoy some conjecture and speculation and, and fantasy because we don't know, like you say, that could very well be the case. Um, along similar lines, a question from Fred over on Patreon again. Um, if it's determined that disclosure reveals a very problematic issue for humankind, which would cause certain and devastating ontological shock, would you still advocate for disclosure at any cost? Hmm. This is... you know. <laughs> Yeah, this question comes up all the time. Uh, hey, look, <laughs> if I knew for a fact, somehow, you know, that that disclosure was just something that had to happen before the ETs annihilate the human race, obviously, I would, I would not favor it. But I mean, that that's kind of bizarre. I mean, that's a total bizarre idea. Uh, they can not annihilate us anytime they want to. It wouldn't even be difficult for them. So uh, that's always there. It's always possible. So really what they're talking about is can we handle the truth? It's the can we handle the truth argument. Yeah. 
And my response to this is one, we, 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 we have been brainwashed, washed, washed, washed. We've been brainwashed by the propaganda that has been part of the truth and embargo from day one, that this, this truth would, would drive people crazy and create ontological shock. Uh, I happen to believe that's not true, never has been true. It's propaganda. Obviously, it served the truth embargo to put that message out. Right. Not hard to do. I'm not saying it's official press release from the DOD. Of course not. They can't acknowledge the ET presence, but there's plenty of ways to get that in play so that, yeah, if you're an activist or a researcher, you know, really, please stop what you're doing, because all you're doing is to make it harder for us to keep this secret. And if this thing comes out, it's going to destroy the world. It's going to bring down economies and people are going to go crazy. I never bought it and I still don't buy it. All right. So first and foremost, I don't believe there will be anything remotely close to ontological shock. However, let me add this caveat. Is it possible that, that there are certain individuals who, upon learning that they're not alone in the universe because of their who they are, what they think, and what they believe, causes them to just lose it and jump off the 10th floor balcony of their apartment, commit suicide. It is definitely possible. However, I will add this. Right now, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, including the United States, that is jacking the suicide rates up to unprecedented levels. People are killing themselves in great numbers. Uh, that's based upon just stuff happening in our world. Hmm. And those things that are happening are pretty awful. Are they awful like having the extraterrestrial presence confirmed? No, not at all. Okay, they're committing suicide because their lives have been ruined and destroyed. There's war, there's all this massive stuff going on. But somebody could kill themselves. But let me make something as clear as I could possibly make it. If I have learned anything in my lifetime, which starts literally, I was born... I was conceived like, hey, let me see. I was conceived about seven months after the bombs were dropped. Uh, I mean, I got that right now. Let me get this right. I was, yeah, I was conceived about eight months after the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima. Okay. I was born, you know, in 96, 46. Uh, so I'm a nuclear child. I literally was, was created based on the nuclear weapons dropped in Hiroshima. Why? Because my father was in the Pacific. He was at Guadalcanal. He didn't get to come home until the, the, the Japanese surrendered. And it took months for that to, for them to get them home. And so we dropped the bombs. The Japanese surrender. The troops get mustered out. He finally gets back to Mare Island, goes to the coast, meets my mother, and conceives me. Boom, bam, boom. Right? So my, my, my very conception is connected to the, 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 the slaughter, the vaporization and slaughter of 220,000, some Japanese, most of which were women, civilian women and children. So my whole life has been parallel to this, this era. And so, and, 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 I, and, I've, and I've, I've, I've lived through the Vietnam War, the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War, uh, a number of other wars, several genocides, whatever. I've seen the United States government do awful things. And here is what I have learned. For every person that is killed by the truth, 
10,000 are killed by lies. Okay. And so people that say, oh, if we're told the truth, somebody may harm themselves. Where are they? When a, a series of lies results in the death of 100,000 or a million, where are they? Are they, are they pounding the government to say, stop lying to us, stop, we want the truth. Are they really an activist there? We have truth activists, we have anti-war activists, but by and large, the public is not exactly mustering behind them to finally get governments to tell the truth instead of lie to us as a standard operating default. But boy, all of a sudden, you know, if we get the truth about the ETs, are you concerned that people will be upset? Again, let me state it clearly, the truth is always the way you go. The truth always has the greatest prospects for good outcomes. Lying for short, good short-term outcomes that end up causing massive havoc down the line, it's got to stop. It's convenient. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows in their life that is experienced maybe in their own life, a situation where because of a short-term immediate problem, they lied. And then a year or two, three years, that lie comes back to ruin their life. Happens all the time. Same thing with governments. And so it's real simple. We have to have the truth about the ET presence. And if it causes some problems, it will. But the problems being caused by the lie of this are monumental. And so let's just get real here. Let's start telling the truth, right? And, 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 the, and, 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 and in the end, it, it will serve uh, the human race far, far better than the stream of lies and propaganda that is basically helping to create one war after another after another. I, I overstated that, but that's, that's, I have no, I have no misgivings at this point at all that telling the world the truth about the extraterrestrial presence is somehow a huge colossal mistake because of ontological shock. No, zero. Along a similar line, David asks, and a few folks have mentioned this quite recently, we've heard the phrase chaotic or catastrophic disclosure being inevitable. And he wonders, do you think that is potentially what would happen? And if it was going to happen, what sort of form should it take? I, I, uh, political processes are messy and language uh, is messy. And there's all kinds of instances where uh, language turns up in a process that is not, not is incorrect uh, misleading and so forth. And that's just, that's the way it is. I mean, that happens all the time. So somehow or another, somebody injected the term catastrophic disclosure in this. And I, I, I don't know who it was, but, uh, and immediately people jumped on it. Okay. Cause catastrophic disclosure and ontological shock are basically cousins, if not brother and sister. So what they're, what they're referring to there's two things that I think are being referenced there. One is, yeah, catastrophic disclosure means that any disclosure really could generate ontological shock and massive social disruption and therefore it'd be catastrophic. Okay. There's another way to interpret it, meaning that catastrophic disclosure, disclosure can be done well and can be done badly. Right. And if it's done badly, it will have more negative effects and they're calling that catastrophic. Catastrophic is when that would be too much, too strong a term, right? You've got responsible disclosure and irresponsible disclosure, right? Constructive, destructive. Catastrophic is a little strong, but that's referring. And, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the term that it prop, should apply to. 
whether it was intended or not. Because as I said before, and I'll restate, there are three reasons all of this is happening right now. There are three reasons for Arrow and legislation and everything else. Three reasons. Number one, the most, the, the least important is that by doing all of this, uh, the government and all of its uh, entities are are minimizing the public relations problems they're going to have once they end this embargo. The amount of, uh, of gaslighting and shade that's going to be thrown, anger, lawsuits, everything else, it's going to, they feel it'll minimize it. And I happen to think it's true, as opposed to suddenly having to, to acknowledge, oh my God, yeah, we've been lying to you all these years. Mm. All of this stuff is helping the public relations aspect. The second reason that they're doing it is because They ha- actually the second reason is and the other reason is the most important one is that because if they don't have all this in place when the pre- when the confirmation comes, which by the way could come from another government, they've always known that. Right, one of the reasons they're doing this is that they don't have full control of this history. Meaning, uh, Xi Jinping could do it tomorrow, and if Xi Jinping decided to do it tomorrow and none of this was in place, we would have a massive problem. Disclosure is out; we have to confirm it. We're embarrassed. Xi Jinping gets a legacy and we got no legislation. We've got no error. We've got nothing. And we got to somehow deal with a massive demand from the world about what do you know? What do you know? Total disaster. So that's another reason, because if, if they had full control of this and only the U.S. could make the call, they could they could stretch this out for another hundred years if they wanted to. All right. So. For, I think some of them. Here's what catastrophic disclosure is for them. It gets done in such a way that they, 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 the public relations fails. In other words, in other words, it, it doesn't get done in a way that, that that minimizes the embarrassment of the country and the embarrassment of the president and the blowback and the gaslighting. That's really what catastrophic means to them. Uh, and frankly, I don't care in a way. I mean, if, if, if they're concerned about that, well, they shouldn't have supported the truth embargo for 76 years. But it's not going to happen. Uh they're going to get a pretty good response from the public on this. They're, the millennials and Gen Zers are going to go fine. You know, they don't even know about the history of this issue. They're going to, wow, this is fantastic. The baby boomers and the UAP researchers, the ones that are going to know that, hey, yeah, this was, this was maybe not something that should have happened. The policy was wrong. And, but overall, they're going to be okay. The people that started the truth embargo, that did the initial policies, that maintained it and got it institutionalized, almost all of them are dead, crying out loud, right? So what? what, what? Okay. The people that are alive now were basically continuing the institutional process, which was well in play before they even entered service. And so, again, I don't think it's going to be that bad. So that's what catastrophic, that's my take on catastrophic disclosure. Thanks for that. A couple of questions from the YouTube listeners now. Um, Galactic World asks, does Stephen feel it would take an amnesty agreement for the control group to stop hiding? And I wonder what are your thoughts on any form of amnesty having to happen to get a full disclosure and a full truth out? Or do you think that presidential review board is going to maybe negate that with the records being released? No, no. Uh, First of all, if you look at these legislations, these four trusts legislation, there is all kinds of witness protection in there. So in a sense, these things are building in. And I think amnesty is actually a term that turns up in the language of this current bill. Let me just check. This will just take a second. Not in the bill. Okay. Uh, But essentially, 
something, someone uh, very much like amnesty is built into these bills. However, uh, I, I believe that it's in the interest of the country that after disclosure is passed or after disclosure takes place, that, and I think that, you know, and a lot of people are going to call for this. I, I, I won't be the only one. They'll be, they'll be, you know, contacting the government and giving interviews that to be sure that no harm is done to witnesses. Let's, let's go one step further. Let's pass an absolute amnesty bill specifically addressing witnesses in this field in every form and fashion that they are not going to have blowback problems or anything with respect to properly coming forward and bringing this information out. Um, and, um, uh, and so they, they have amnesty. That doesn't mean they're criminals. It just means that they're protected. Amnesty tends, amnesty is a little, it's a little, um, ambivalent a little bit because some people, when they see amnesty, they think somebody's getting protection from a criminal act. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, in this case, that's really not it. It's just simply extra protection. Look, you, you have amnesty. You, you can, nobody can charge you with something or even concoct something or whatever. And, and I think that'll be helpful. I think it'll help get more witnesses forward. The last 76 years is probably the mo- one of the most extraordinary periods of history. And the truth embargo and the ET issue is as, as huge as it gets. And and if history means anything to us uh, and, and understanding history is important, which it is, and we want future generations to know what happened here, we want as much out as possible. We, we, we don't want any, and by the we don't want any records being destroyed or burned. And by the way, that bill refers to that saying no records would be destroyed. Nothing is to be, you know, hidden. Right. But I, I imagine there has been some of that. So anything like that is, is depriving history of the truth of this unbelievable time that we're going through. And so if we want that to be maximum, then we should have an amnesty bill. But we also probably will need a truth and reconciliation act. Uh, and that's not not it, it and it's not is as big a deal as the Truth and Reconciliation Act that became famous, the one that was passed by South Africa after the end of apartheid, uh, because we were you were dealing there in just a massive number of crimes, mm. uh, awful crimes. It isn't that bad by any means, but uh, if. Anyone in our government still alive committed what are clearly crimes in service to the embargo, whether they were ordered to or not, doesn't matter. Uh, they would have amnesty. They would have. They would. They would have. They would. They would be covered by the Truth and Reconciliation Act. Uh, why would you do it? Because this, there's so much of this has been secreted. So much is not known. Uh, we need a proper history of this, and because there's been so much classification. Uh, those kinds of acts could go completely unaccounted for or even not even known about. Uh, and we don't want to repeat this. We don't want to do this again. So and a, a truth and reconciliation would mean that individuals who normally would never come forward and talk about what happened will be able to do so. And the basic aspects of truth and reconciliation, I, I'm sure it's more complicated than this, but the basic fundamental action is this. Under this act, if you come forward and you give complete accounting for what happened, right? You leave nothing out. Total truth. You are, you are, you are, you are not. You are granted reconciliation. You're not removed from society. You will not be tried. You will not be criminalized. Uh, it doesn't mean your life 
will be wonderful. It, and there may be people that are not going to be happy about that. And, and you may have some issues. But overall, you're not going to be criminalized by, by the state. Uh, and hopefully some people will come forward. It worked in South Africa. It did work and helped to to uh, mitigate a lot of the pain because people felt at least there was accountability. Yeah. So, but in our case, it's it's uh, it, it's more about history. Meaning, we let's what happened here. If crimes were committed, what were they? So that we cannot have that happen again, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think there will be many people who will be covered by this. But if it even brings forth five or six, uh, it, it's useful. So I will support a Truth and Reconciliation Act and an amnesty bill post disclosure, and and they'll want to do that fairly quickly. They don't want to stretch it out, get it done, move on. Uh, and, 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 and that those legislations definitely will help tie directly into the bills, meaning what they want, what these bills are asking for and want to deal with will be uh, benefited by that. They will get more information. They will get more witnesses and they will be able to do their business. Do you think the individuals who have been involved in the killing of others, like David Grush and many folks have indicated that's happened in the past for for secrecy reasons and other reasons, folks have lost their lives. Do you think that would happen in the background quietly, that those folks wouldn't be seen publicly, wouldn't have to come forward as such in a public setting, and that that would go away in a quiet way? It's an interesting point. I do not know. Uh, in terms of the South Africa experience, I, I don't know if there were people that publicly came forward and and were given that reconciliation, or whether uh, or, or whether they came forward privately. It might have been both. There might have been some people that were dealt with privately, and 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 basically, so okay, you're you're, you're reconciled, and and some publicly it could be both. So it's possible. It's possible that you could have an instance uh, uh, where. But here is the problem. It depends. I think it will depend clearly on the specific situation. So let's 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 talk about a killing, for instance. There's a lot of ways that could go. They could take the information for you, their use, reconcile the individual, and nobody is told about it. Okay. Second possibility: they take the information, they give the person reconciliation reconcile and they inform just the family members of the individual so that they have closure okay and the third possibility is they take it and they notify everybody uh, and so is it possible that all three of those might be might be done don't it, 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 was that the case with the South African situation I don't know but I could understand why any one of those depending upon the exact circumstances why a, a, a truth and reconciliation, uh, a, a account could be handled in any one of those three, depending upon the situation. But beyond that, I, I just, I can't comment. No, fair enough. Um, uh, another question from Forced, hard to say in a Scottish accent. Um, Stephen Bassett has indicated his confidence and disclosure on numerous podcasts. Has he any opinion on a non-human intelligence or ET-backed disclosure? And if there's a channel of communication between humanity and an ET presence? One of the, uh, yeah, again, a lot of these, a lot of the questions along these lines, I think could be answered and will be answered post-disclosure. But before then, tough. Uh, Is it possible that our government and maybe even other governments have had back channel uh, communication with ETs? Yes. Am I convinced of that? Not yet. 
Um, and would that be an awkward question to answer in the post-disclosure world? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it'll be asked. It'll be asked. And if the answer is yes, they'd better say yes. Yeah, there has been communication. Awkward. But then the second, the follow-up question is the one that's going to be really brutal. And again, and, 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 it, and, it, and it supports my, my statements about the fact that public relations is a big issue here. You know, it, it's part, you know, it's, it's part of life. It's, it's very true. Uh, and so the next question is, have any deals been done or arrangements or agreements made as a result of this communication, such as, and this is the one that's out there. Did you cut a deal in which you got some tech from these ETs in return for just not getting, not, not messing with their abduction private contact yeah. program? If the answer to that is yes, they had better say it. And that one is a stinker. No question about it. I mean, that is going to be a real stink. And if it is, it is what it is. And, I, and I'm sure that a lot of people in government will just get on their knees and beg, lie, lie. Don't tell them we did that. Don't tell them we did that. And hopefully the people in control will say, sorry, we can't go there anymore. We have to tell the truth now. And so... That is a possibility. Now, there's another aspect of that question, though. Could ETs disclose? In other words, could they force the action here? At, some, at any time, they could step in, meaning, you know, we're, we're tired of waiting for Mark Shermer to call you know, a hearing in front of the Senate. God damn it, you keep pushing this out, you keep pushing it out, you stretch it out. We're, we're, our patience is gone. And so, boom, here we are. It could happen. I call that force majeure disclosure. Uh, it's not a good thing. We don't want that. It's not a good thing at all, but it could happen. Okay. I don't think it will. But there's a third aspect to that question. Have the ETs been helping this along? Have they been, you know, bumping this along, you know, supporting it in various ways? I think the answer to that is definitely yes. I believe that the disclosure process, um, however long it's taken, 76 years now, uh, was absolutely being supported in various ways by the extraterrestrials. There's a lot of evidence for this. And some people would, would, would view the support that, that, that I'm referring to as being, well, trivial or not important. Uh, well, maybe, maybe not. But it's, it's, the, it's what the ETs chose to do, right? We'll, uh, post-disclosure, we'll ask them, why, why didn't you do this? And why did you do that? Or why did you do this? Why did you land, you know, craft near schoolyards and put images in kids' heads repeatedly about the, the potential destruction that we're heading for. Some interpreted as environmental destruction, some interpreted as, as destruction of post-nuclear war, whatever. Why do that? You know, good question. Uh, they've done it with contactees. Uh, you know, and, and I would ask, well, why didn't you cloak yourselves more? Why do you get seen so much? All of this. If you look at the activity and what we know about ETs over the last 76 years, there is a very powerful case that they're, what they're, partially what they're doing is advancing the disclosure process in various ways. Certainly by ultimately, the sum total of ET activity since 47 has had the ultimate outcome that the at least awareness of extraterrestrials as an idea, whether it be in fiction or whether it be uh, in uh, nonfiction, 
is practically universal. I mean, you really got to go pretty far to find somebody that doesn't know what a UFO is or what it means or what extraterrestrial means. I mean, I suppose there are, there, there are tribes in the, in the central uh, forest of, of Brazil and, and, and certainly Sentinel Island in the Indian Ocean where pump somebody know, doesn't know what that is. But it's about 95 percent. It's, it's a massive market penetration. Everybody in this planet knows at least what that is. And a lot of that is because of the actions of ETs. If they had conducted themselves differently, it would be not the same. So I believe they've been pushing the process forward. Uh, and so my answer to that part is yes. Now, what will they do now in the, in the, in the, in this next months? Would we, well, and by the way, there seems to be somewhat of a consensus among the researchers that the amount of sightings is, 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 is grown substantially in the last couple of years. Now, that could be because of more ET activity. It could be because people are just more into this issue. They're paying attention. There's less resistance. There's no stigma and people are reporting. But there's a possibility that the ETs are becoming more active. The more they're seen, the more support to the process of confirming their presence. So again, this is something that will be, we'll sort out this post-disclosure. But yeah, I think they are part of this process. They've helped it along and they have a reason for that. And I think I know what that reason is. A lot of blue sky thinking happens post-disclosure in conversations and something you've mentioned before there is that scenario of a government exchanging technology in exchange for that abduction program. That's that's a hell of a question that would have to be answered and there's a lot of evidence to, evidence to show abductions happen. Oh yeah, what, no, no, they are happening. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah hundred and I would be on that bandwagon too. But I wonder how does a public react to the fact that one, those have happened, but two, potentially will continue to happen regardless of that being out there. And and if you talk about people accepting this, and I, I know phrases like ontological shock and things get pushed around, regardless of all the, the good that may come of a disclosure, just the idea that anyone at any time could be taken and there can, nothing can be done about it, that that's that's something that, Eight billion people have to live with. Andy, uh, you're you're right on. You you are clearly thinking about the post disclosure world, and you're understanding the issues that are going to come up. No question about it. Um, uh, and, and again, I do talk about this a lot. Uh, post disclosure, the governments of the world, particularly the United States government, are going to have some really tough issues to deal with. And the, and the people are going to have some tough issues to deal with. Uh, in other words, it's a big change. There's a lot of promise in it, but it's like everything in this life. It comes with also difficult, difficult issues. The human race has been dealing with this forever. This is what we do. Uh, things happen. There's some good. There's some bad. We deal with both, Right. We take advantage of the good and we try to make lemonade out of the lemons. I mean, this is what we do when we survive and we move forward. The idea that we're going to live in a world where everything's just fine, it's all good, everything is great, uh, and you're never going to have to be uncomfortable again. No, that's not going to happen. And in the post-disclosure world, it's not going to happen. So that really what it comes down to is how uncomfortable, how problematic is the, the behavior of extraterrestrials? both past and future going to, how has it been in the past and how will it be in the future and how 
upsetting are we going to be about? Upset are we going to be about? Okay, so there was a time if disclosure had happened, if you go back a number of years and disclosure had happened, the the abduction question might not have come up for years. Uh, it certainly would have come up if they disclosed in 1948, right? Now that time has passed, and so too many books have been written, too much research, movies. And so I'm afraid the government needs to understand that probably on day one, assuming that they have an extended question and answer, right? I say day one post-disclosure or the first the first press conference that they allow, whether it's a DOD or whether it's a White House, on day one, one of those reporters is going to ask a simple question. Is abduction of human beings taking place by these ETs? And the answer has got to be yes. And boom. Okay confirmation. The, the abductees and contactees will be thrilled because their experience just got validated 100% and mm-hmm. they need that badly. The non-abductees and non-contactees are going to be going, ooh, that's not good. Upsetting. Now, here's my view of that. One, I don't think it's going to be as bad as we think. I certainly hope that. Here's why. It might not be. First of all, post-disclosure, now, put it this way. Ultimately, are going to, we're going to learn why the ETs do this. It, it's just, it's not, it's not, everything they do is a reason. When they put the crop circles down in England, it's not, it's not, it's not graffiti. They're not tagging the fields because they got nothing better to do. Uh, no, there's a reason they do that. There's a reason they're abducting. There's a reason they're doing the genetic work. One day we're going to find out. And depending upon what those reasons are, our level of discomfort will be according. Okay, that's point one. I think we may not be, we may be somewhat understanding once we know the truth. That's my guess, but I I can't prove it. Secondly, and this is tougher, what, what, will be the future actions of ETs after disclosure. If contact, if abduction continues after disclosure and reports keep coming in, that's going to be a tough one. That, that, that's the government's going to be under a lot of pressure about that. Uh, and, and, and for that reason, it, it, it would be logical that post disclosure, you're going to see some draconian measures being taken to prevent it. See, one of the, you know, I think it's a proper statement to say that given the truth embargo, the options available to citizens who are dealing with ETs in that way are limited. They try different things. In other words, they would set up cameras in the room to try to film it. They tie themselves to the bed. They would do this, that, and whatever. And it was useless. But that's not all they could do in a post-disclosure era with the governments on notice and with a lot of pressure on them. What are you going to do about this? Because this is really something that it, it needs to be addressed. There's a lot of things that could be done that could really complicate this program for the ETs. I mean, they're not gods. And for this reason, I have a hunch that after disclosure, the reports will start coming that stop coming, that they'll stop it. I just have a hunch, could be wrong. And if they do, okay, great, fine. That That's something. 
And then hopefully if we have open contact, we will learn the reasons for that program. If they don't stop it though, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and, and if the government, if, if measures are taken and they don't work, meaning that we do this and we do that and the government provides this assistance or whatever the hell and it still can't stop it because the ETs are pretty, pretty advanced entities. Uh, then what's going to happen post-disclosure is you're going to have very, you know, not too quick, but certainly fairly soon, you're going to have a worldwide, how would you say, um, public, ETs are going to have a, a developing worldwide public relations problem. Uh, the, the view of them is going to be uh, sour. It's going to get worse. And as the thing goes on, people are going to get more and more angry about it, which there's nothing they can do to the ETs, but they can sure take that anger out on their government. So it's not good. We, we don't want this to happen. If we get into open contact and, and, and they, we have that discussion or whatever discussions we have and the ETs make it clear, well, this is what we want from you. And by the way, we need to keep, you know, abducting people and sorry, but we, that's going to be bad too. So uh, there is the potential for, how would you say, you know, the exopolitics of the post-disclosure world could get pretty complicated and could be unpleasant as it is now. Yeah. Uh, we could end up with a, a, a worldwide view that the ETs are fundamentally uh, our enemy. They are taking advantage of us. This is unacceptable. And we sure wish the government could do something about it. And that would be not where I want, want this to go. I, I hope that this is not where this is going to end up. Uh, and, and I'm not, again, I am an optimist, but I'm, I'm not somebody that just, you know, it has some sort of cult uh, view of ETs as being, uh, you know, wonderful entities with nothing but goodness in their heart. Uh, I think that the, the, the galaxy is a little more complicated than that. So I'm not I'm going to go there. Uh, I, I'm just going to say that I, I see, I think I see that how it might work out pretty well. But there's no question we're going to be uncomfortable with some of this. But are we going to be any more uncomfortable than what we know it's going on in our, our own world right now uh, at the hands of human beings? I mean, human beings are doing awful, awful stuff every single day. And, and, we, and it's upsetting and we get very uncomfortable about that. Will what we learn about ETs get to that level? Uh, I don't think so. I really don't. Uh, and let's hope it doesn't. Uh, and that's my, the best answer I can give to that. We'll finish up with a bit of a recapping question here, Stephen, from Bearded Dumas, uh, cool name. Why do you think this is all happening now, just to surmise, but also how do you see the next few weeks and months playing out? You've mentioned this, I think, within the body of what you've said, but just to kind of recap. Why it's happening now, it's like, you know, wh 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 why, why uh, at the point that you cross the finish line in a marathon, wh why is that you're finishing then? Why then? Well, it's because you ran the damn thing. You know, you ran long enough. You finally finished it. So the the process leading to this re begins on day one. It begins in the 40s. With, let's go with Roswell. Uh, to me, the informal beginning of the truth embargo uh, was the, the, the day, and it, and it was before this, uh, June uh, 8th, it was the day that Mac Brazel was pulled off the street by the military guys and, and taken in for interrogation. They kept him, I think, for a week, trying to convince him that he didn't see what he saw. And, uh, and in fact, if you, and I have it up here on my, 
uh, I have something on my wall here. I have the uh, the the front page of the Roswell Daily Record from June 8, June 9. A lot of people may not have noticed this, but on the June 9 front page, the one that announces General Ramey empties the Roswell saucer, saying, no, no, it was a weather balloon. At the bottom, there is a story. And the title is Harassed Rancher Who Located Saucer. Sorry, he told about it. Okay. That's Brazel. So to me, that's the beginning. And so the fact is, is that from that moment forward, it has taken approximately 76 years to get to where we are. And where we are now is the sum and total of all the actions of the government and the researchers and everybody else. And so we're about to finish the race. That's why now. There's no other special reason per se. It is the combination of it. Uh, and this is when it dropped. It could have happened sooner and it could have easily been delayed longer. Right. But a lot happened and it resulted. That's why now there's no special reason other than this is it's like when a dam breaks, a dam holds for a hundred years and then it slowly you know, corrodes and, 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 uh, and, and, and its structure is diminished. And then one day it breaks. Why now? Hey, that was the end. Where are we going? Here's where we're supposed to go. As far as I'm concerned, this legislation should be passed and will pass. Once it's done, uh, the, the, the Congress is going to go home for the holidays. Um, they'll come back in January. The, 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 the beginning, the formal beginning of the, uh, the interminable election process by which we elect new government starts in late January at the Iowa caucus, which is something that needs to be changed. It's so ridiculous. Uh, January, uh, but it's just a caucus, right? It's a big deal for the politicians, but overall, it's not that big a deal. The real beginning is the beginning of the primaries, which is a month or so later. So the, the, the real election doesn't get underway until late February. And so consequently, there's plenty of time for the Intel committee to get the hearing together and bring the witnesses in. Plenty have been interviewed, they've been vetted, no big deal. They could put 15 witnesses in front of the American people in the world, uh, put it together in a week. Hopefully they'll pay for their airfare and their hotel better. And so we could have a hearing in January in front of the Intel committee. And uh, uh, that hearing would be televised. It would be extraordinary. It would be his history making. Uh, and it will basically lock it down. It would lock down the, the truth. Uh, and it would lock down disclosure. So in that case, the president could disclose in, in January, early February at latest. That is what has to happen, needs to happen. Now, there's some very powerful reasons for that. I, I'm sure there are plenty of reasons why, ah, no, 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 I mean, let's wait until after the election, blah, they can go on and on, and, and, I, and I've heard that crap. Here are the reasons Senator Schumer with Rubio, possibly with help from Schumer, not Senator Warner and Rubio, possibly with the support and help of Schumer, have got to hold this hearing and get disclosure in January, early February. Why? One. If we do not get disclosure, we're going to have a nuclear war, period. It's going to happen. Everybody is talking about this. It's absolutely out in the open. Everyone knows the risk right now is greater than it's ever been. All right. And getting worse. It just got worse about 30 days ago or three weeks ago. Uh, things are coming unglued. Uh, the, the, all of the the bad behavior and, and bad policies and bad decisions we've made in the, in the last 40 or 50 years are coming home to roost. All right. 
somebody is going to nuke something. Uh, there is a site called the DEFCON, D-E-F-C-O-N, level.com, DEFCON, level.com. Uh, most people don't know about this site. I do. It's It's been run for years by very high, high well, formerly high-level members of the intelligence community, now retired. And they, they're basically, they're running the site. It's not a government site. And what they're doing is they're, 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 they're telling you the DEFCON levels in all the various commands around the world. And DEFCON, as most people know, is how we decide how close we are to nuclear war. There's DEFCON 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. Nuclear war is DEFCON 1. And some people misunderstand that. They think that DEFCON 1, well, this nuclear war, that means global nuclear war. In other words, it's over. It's all happening. No. DEFCON 1 means that there is a conflict going on in which a nuclear weapon is used. So if one idiot in the Ukraine-Russia war gets, uh, you know, wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and fires a nuclear shell against the other side, and that, that, that shell explodes, that is DEFCON 1 in the Ukrainian war or, or the, command, the command zone. I think it's called the Europe zone. The question then is, will it spread? Okay. But it basically, you don't want DEFCON 1 anywhere ever. For the last two years, the Europe, the Europe zone has been in DEFCON, DEFCON 1, DEFCON 2. Basically, the, the DEFCON level group is saying we are on the edge of nuclear war in that zone. In the United States, we were on DEFCON 3, but a couple of times we went to DEFCON 2. Uh, DEFCON 2 is in a number of zones right now. It varies. They're keeping track. Most importantly, what they do at this site is that they, they are tracking every event that is relevant to the DEFCON status of that command whether it's the Northern Command, Asia Command, or whatever, and they're, and, 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 and they're chronal, and, they, and you can literally go, and then and you punch on it, and then it, it gives you a readout. And so you can literally see why, what's happening, literally, for that area to see why that, that DEFCON level is what it is. I mean, this is a tremendous service they're doing, but it's scary. And so the upshot is this. We're going to have a nuclear war. Now, whether it spreads or not remains to be seen. It's not. It's probably. It's not going to be one day that Russia or China decides, "Hey, let's 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 get this over with and launches 500 missiles at the United States." No, it's going to start somewhere. It'll be a terrorist attack from an NSO, a non-state operator, that blows up a very important city with a with a, a nuke they managed to get their hands on, converted it, put a timer on it, and blew it up. Uh, it'll be a, a, a something that'll happen in a war zone, or whatever. And and and. We don't want that to happen. We don't want to find out will that spread or not. Uh, and by the way, w- even if it doesn't spread, uh, it's going to put the entire world into a state of intense confusion and uh, uh, stress and, and increase the possibility of another event. If we don't get this hearing, that is going to happen, period, period. It is a certainty. People say, oh, no, 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 no. Talk to people that know this issue. Go talk. They're literally coming out and saying publicly, right? You know, we're on the closest to nuclear war we've ever been. So that's that's the first reason. The second reason is this. We have this extraordinary opportunity that's in the hands of Mark Warner and Marco Rubio. History literally standing on their shoulders. These men, the president can't do it. The president can't force a hearing in the House, in the Senate. I don't even know if Sherman can do it. The other members of the Intel Committee can't do it. The way the rules are structured, only the chairman can do it. That's Warner. 
but almost certainly would not do it unless he's doing it in concert with Rubio. And so it's on their shoulders. So if they hold that hearing and set the stage for, because of the witness testimony for, for Biden to confirm in the Disclosure Act, what that means is this. As this year-long, multi-billion dollar election unfolds that we do every four years in America, you know, in, in your system, the parliamentary system, my God, it is superior in many ways. And one of the reasons is it costs you practically nothing to hold uh, your elections. It costs us a fortune. It'll probably run to $6 billion this year. And the, and the problem there is all this money has got to be raised by the parties and the candidates in order to win. And when you raise $6 billion, you are beholden to everybody that gave you the $6 billion. You don't have that problem in England. So anyway... If they do it the right way, every single candidate, and there's about 2,000 that are running for the Senate, the House, and governorships, and another bunch that are running for House of what I call our state Senate seats and so forth, will have had the opportunity to get up to speed on this issue, because it's now it's formally acknowledged, to the extent they can, watch some documentaries, read some books, whatever the hell, uh, and get some kind of sense of what they think about it. Uh, how they would deal with it, and then be able to speak to it and answer questions about it through this entire campaign for almost a year, so that when we elect the new government of the United States in 2024, for, in 20, for 2025, we will have at least have some understanding of what all these candidates think about this issue, and they will be elected partially on the basis of how they're going to deal with the extraterrestrial presence and the post in the post-disclosure world which makes sense, uh, will be very helpful. Uh, plus, it, it is a nonpartisan issue. So by and large, if anything, it will leaven the campaign that's coming with some sensible, intelligent, thoughtful responses, as opposed to what we expect, which is lunacy, lies, and, uh, you know, and, and, and nonsense, right? Uh, in, in the middle of that will be the opportunity for every candidate to speak to this issue without having to take some ridiculous political position on it. And so that would be nice. If they don't hold it, here is what's going to happen. 2,000 people are going to run for office. At the same time, the American people have been told by every journalistic entity in the country that the United States government has non-human tech and non-human body. Because Grush told us so, and he has not been refuted. What? And so, okay, so they're going to, somebody running for the Senate, they're going to say, us candidate so-and-so, what do, what do you, what's your view of that? Do we have non-human bodies and non-human tech? What are they going to say? Well, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, the president hasn't said anything and, uh, and, 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 and it doesn't, it hasn't been confirmed yet. Uh, and I don't know, uh, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Or I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. Everybody is going to be made to look like a fool. Now, they're already not looking well. Most candidates in general don't don't look well. They have to go through and jump through hoops and make asses of themselves in order to somehow win the damn seat. And so now they have to play deaf and dumb about this or they can step into it. But because it hasn't been confirmed, the opponents can come back and say, this person thinks there's ETs here. The president has yeah. confirmed that. And it's just going to be a nightmare. That is what can be avoided. 
So those are the two reasons, and they're pretty damn good reasons why it needs to happen. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay, all I can say is, is that if they, they don't hold the, 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 the hearing, uh, the activist movement is going to be pushing them to do it throughout the entire t- year 2024. And, and, I, and some may say, look, let's just wait until June or July or August. Why? I mean, why? Right? And another thing, if they don't do this down the line, if it comes out later, and let's say we end up getting that, 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 that hearing later in the year, this is a Democratic House, a Senate, a Democratic Control commit, uh, Committee, and suddenly they're, they're making their move on this issue late in the campaign. The Republican side is going to come out viciously and say all of this is being done for political gain. You are doing this to get the, the Democratic nominee elected, right? You've politicized the ET issue, and it's going to create a shitstorm. Do we need that? Do we need to have this politicized like this? No. And that's exactly what's going to happen if they try to do it. Now, maybe the Republican members of the Intel committee and say, no, no, it's not that. Nobody's going to buy that. It's just, it's going to, it's just going to be stupid, right? And I don't think Mark Warner or Mark Ruby are stupid. Now, if you haven't been dealing with this issue for a quarter century, if you don't know uh, that much about what's going on, there's no reason why you would appreciate that, those statements I just made. Uh, particularly about the politics. In terms of the nuclear war, most people realize, hey, yeah, we could go any time. I get it. I get it. And so that's why I'm doing podcasts one after another, after another, after another. I've got 10 already, 10 or 12 lined up because this somebody's got this message out. I, I, I thought I was going to get on News Nation, but at the last minute, they threw me off the show. Nobody is talking about this they're, they're on any of the major networks. It's not being talked about. It's not being written about. It's like it's not it's not allowed right now. It's ahead of the process. That's not how I operate. I have no I, I have no problem telling people that what is going on is not what it seems, that it's not about finding out the what about this this phenomena, but rather setting up for disclosure. Even though they're having to, to be mendacious about it and they're having to be misleading because they've got to stay between the lines. I have no problem telling them. I'm not spilling the beans. I'm not trying to undermine it. But it is my view to the extent that the public knows that they're doing this, knows why they're doing it. Uh, so when they say something that most people would know instantly, that is an outright lie. At least they know why they're doing that. It's to higher purpose. It's to end the much bigger lie. And that makes the whole thing more authentic. It makes it more uh, digestible, right? In other words, look, I get it. You're going to have to misrepresent until you can get to the point where we can end this embargo and then we can stay in the truth business. I think that is an obligation I have. I think that is the way it should be done. And so I'm, I'm going to continue to make this case. But let's just say that there are a lot of people out there, even the journalists, that would prefer that that not be said. Right. Now, let's just go along with it. Don't say anything. Act dumb. Act stupid. And just go along with it. We'll get disclosure. You'll be happy. Everybody's happy. No, no, that's not how I'm going to do it. If, if I, I'm going to say what I have to say on this, no matter where I am, and I'm not going to say what will get me back on the show or get me another interview. I'll say what has to be said. And if that means I never see the likes of CNN, fine. Don't care. So again, that that is my projection. What, are the, what is the likelihood? I'll say this. 
if the bill gets passed as is and nothing gets taken out, that that makes me feel much stronger that they're going to act in the Senate. If if the bill gets uh, eminent domain comes out, no. If they if they take the uh, the review board out, that's going to be kind of uh, yeah, that's going to be a little more bothersome. I would say right now it's 50-50. It's 50-50 that Mark Warner is going to call the witnesses of Washington to testify. That's better than the odds we've had in the past. I wish I could say it was better than that. And I'll have a di- I'm sure by the end of the year, by the end of December, we'll have a much better idea. Uh, in fact, if it's going to happen, no, 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 I don't think so. Uh, we, we probably won't be able to assess it better until they come back. So I don't think they're going to make an announcement while they're in, out, out of session. Uh, but we'll know early in, this, in January. What happens as soon as they get back uh, to, to, to the Capitol Hill, uh, what gets said in the first few few days will we'll, we'll probably tell us what's going to happen. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll have a better idea. Steve, it's been wonderful speaking with you. Um, I've took up a lot of your time. It's always good to talk to you. You are a font of knowledge on this. Um, And I would recommend folks do go check out any of your other podcast appearances coming up in the next few days and weeks. Um, You've got your paradigmresearchgroup.org. All the links you've discussed or mentioned to me are going to be in the description for this show. Is there anything else you want to mention how folks can find you? Uh, Some promos. I always like to do some promos at the end. Okay. Uh, First of all... um, Something kind of important happened recently. Uh, I, along with a, a Hollywood publicist, well-known Hollywood publicist, Dan Harari, uh, on, on November the 1st, we launched a new organization that could be very important. It's called the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance. It is a nonprofit. It'll be a nonprofit 501c3. It's already up to about 80, 85 members. And essentially, and you can go learn about it. The, the, the site is still in development. There's going to be some changes, but HollywoodDisclosureAlliance.org. Essentially, our, our goal is to, is to facilitate uh, networking and contact between the entertainment industry, all of them, the producers, the directors, the writers, the production people, the A-list, B-list, C-list, whatever, and the what we'll call the UAP community, the researchers, activists, journalists, uh, and documentarist witnesses, even contactees, whatever, to make it easier for them to get together about creating content, uh, break down the barriers, uh, and 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 it's and, and it's and it's doing that already, and it's going to grow. So the and and it's primarily focused on the post-disclosure world. In other words, it may impact the disclosure process now, but not much. It's it's all about the post-disclosure world. In other words, if disclosure comes. Then what? Starting the next day, eight billion people on this planet, to one degree or another, are going to try to find, learn what's going on. They, they, they need to be told what's going on, uh, what's the history, what's happening. They, they need to they need to be brought up to speed, uh, and that's going to come through content. In other words, you're going to have to have a huge amount of content being generated, and 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 the, and the citizens will do it. I mean, they'll, they'll the podcast will grow and the websites and whatever. But it would be helpful if the massive entertainment industry, which is heavily located in Los Angeles County, but also in Canada, the UK and elsewhere in the US, were to, absent the truth embargo, were able to quickly get together with people in this field and and, and jointly create this content. Uh, 
because the truth embargo has kept them apart all of these years. If you're a U UAP person, you can't get to these people in, in, uh, easily, right? Because the truth embargo has kept the Hollywood enter the entertainment industry out of the real story, the real the, the fiction, the nonfiction story. And so, but they made huge sums of money off the fictional ETs. So the Hollywood Disclosure Alliance was formed. I want to promote that. Secondly, think tanks are already coming together to deal with the post-disclosure world. In fact, there is a lot going on behind the scenes it being put together to deal with the post-disclosure world that's coming. One of those think tanks is public, and that's the New Paradigm Institute, which was uh, been in play, been in, in formation for years, now is now formal. The New Paradigm Institute is, is headed by Danny Sheehan. They've already opened up their Washington, D.C. office one block from the Capitol. They will eventually have an office in Los Angeles. Uh, they have raised some initial funding, and you're going to be hearing a lot about that. And Danny Sheehan is also very much active on Capitol Hill dealing with this issue. He is one of the great justice activists of, of, in the 20th and 21st century. So that's already happening. Gary Nolan has already formed a think tank called Soul Foundation, SOL. This think tank, I think, is focusing on technology and science. They've already they've already put together a very substantial group of people. They just held a meeting. You're going to be hearing more from the Soul Foundation. Uh, uh, there are a number of more citizen type groups, smaller groups that have come together. There's probably now I don't know six, eight, ten lobbyists now registered for the issue in Washington. The MUFON has gotten very much into this issue. Has hired a lobbying firm, uh, so MUFON is going to be a significant player. They're preparing for the post disclosure world. And it would not surprise me if the Cato Institute and the Heritage Foundation and the Enterprise Institute or the Center for American Progress, the big think tanks, are already having private meetings about how they're going to deal with the post-disclosure world, set up a division, who are they going to bring in. So that's happening. Uh, and I ask people to pay attention to that. Also, uh, there is a, uh, I am, I am part of and helping to produce one of the most important conferences in this country on the subject. And that is the contact in the desert conference that's held in Indian uh, wells near Palm Springs every year. That's going to be held again, May 30 to, ju to June three. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge conference, uh, not only for, for many reasons, including the fact that so much is going to happen between now and then, uh, I hope people will come to this event. And if you plan on coming to the contact in the desert, you need to book your hotel rooms now. Don't even wait. Book them because they're going to be all taken up. It's, it's going to be huge. Uh, so there's that. Um, uh, and that's kind of it. Oh, oh. Uh, and one other thing. Uh, now that the activism is really cooking, uh, I need all the Twitter followers I can get. So if you're on Twitter, please follow me at, at Steve Bassett. All right. Thank you. If you want to get on my mail list, Go to the website, paradigmresearchgroup.org, left corner, upper left, subscribe. And that's the only way you can get on the list. Subscribe to the list, and you'll be getting more information from me. That's my promos. All every one of those links, every one of them, Steve, will be in the description to the podcast, folks. So if you've missed those and not had a pen and paper handy, then uh, just jump into the description, and they will be there for you to click on. Steve, always a pleasure. All righty. Great speaking with you and exciting days, weeks and months ahead. And uh, I'd love to get you back on sooner than later. So I'll certainly keep in touch. Absolutely. Thanks. Man. 
that is all for this episode thank you very much for tuning in don't forget to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform apple and spotify do make a huge difference to the algorithm if you're checking the show on youtube please don't forget to like and leave a comment on here as well any sharing you do is very much appreciated on any social media platform and finally you can listen to shows ad free and sponsor free in their glorious full versions by subscribing for less than the price of a coffee on apple spotify just search that ufo podcast premium youtube you can sign up and be a member or you can do that through patreon.com thank you very much for listening folks It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by...